feet, but because they are hard. Mr. Gorbachev, tear down this wall. A date which will live in infamy. I still have a dream. Good night and good luck. Eric Jackman, InfoWars.com. We are deep behind enemy lines here in Austin, having barbecue with Joe Rogan with a little bit of adrenochrome on it. And we're living our best lives here. We have all the documents. I've been up for 36 hours straight, Chase. Bringing it to you real. Infowars.com. Buy my dick pills. Fight the Rockefellers. Stay rock hard. 50% off right now. You go to Infowars.com. Type in Chase Geyser as the code. Get 50% off, folks. Chase That's Geyser, awesome. One American Podcast. Uh, dude, thanks for having me on. It's, uh, it's a pleasure to be here with you. Thanks for hanging out, man. I saw you on uh, Reed's podcast, Naturalist Capitalist with the Four Horsemen. And I yes. thought, man, I want to hang out with that guy. I was like, I, I could tell he's hilarious, even though Ryan Dawson just talks over him. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, I, I, I got I got pretty bombed there in that last Four Horsemen. I just drank all day that day. You know, I knew Why I had it was pretty it was pretty irresponsible. I was just coming off three months of uh, not drinking at all. I, I set a uh, goal to do 85 days without a drop of alcohol. Uh, you know, I'm Irish, so uh, it's it's in the blood, man. That the, I was I was born with a beer in my mouth instead of having my mom's breast milk. You know, there was there was some Guinness that came out. So, um, but yeah, no, the four horsemen has, has been an amazing ride so far, no pun intended. And um, we try to get on, you know, pretty based people to be the fourth horseman. We haven't had a female yet. Um, although I don't know, maybe Clint might identify as a woman next week or something, you know, him and Reed, him and Reed got a, they got a whole thing going on. <laughs> I'm a little jealous. I did with Reed where I dressed up like him. Yeah. Your name, you had your name, uh, Creed oh, Roverdale or something. Like, yeah, yeah, Seed yeah, Roverdale. Yeah. But uh, yeah. no, the, the Four Horsemen has been awesome, man. And, and I've seen a lot of growth in all my socials with it. And I, I want to thank anyone who's watching, who's a fan of the show. I want to thank you for checking it out and promoting it. And we're going to keep doing it once a month. You know, people want us to do more, but um, you know, I, I think uh, having it once a month builds up the anticipation and, and, yeah. and you want to, you want to have, you know, Less is more with that because we go over two hours sometimes and hit some topics that a lot of other people won't talk about. But, uh, yeah, I appreciate yeah. that. I can't believe that they um, – I don't know if you saw what I, I kind of launched like a, a little baby campaign this weekend called uh, Hashtag You Ban We Block. Um, and, like, it, it sort of was inspired by um, <clears throat> Ryan Dawson because it's like, why the fuck do they block him? I mean, the dude's definitely – he's definitely an edgy dude, but he's not, like, a, he's not by any means a bigot. <laughs> like, kind of the, quite no. the opposite, you know? And, no, Ryan. Um, well, and I was just – go ahead. <laughs> oh, sorry. Yeah, no, he goes hard Israel? in the paint um, against Israel and against Zionist interests, and um, he's very honest about things kind of to a point where it's, like, just black and white, and that hurts people's feelings. And, um, you know, I can tell you a funny story how I had a live comedy show podcast all planned uh, at a certain venue, and that venue canceled my brother and I from performing there because they took issue with us having Ryan Dawson on our show before he's a guest. Really? Yeah. Which, which yep. venue was that? Was it like a... Uh, it was up here in, or something. <laughs> <laughs> it was up. It was up here in New Hampshire. Um, you know, it, it's a small town area. I don't, I don't want to, like, yeah. drag him through the mud and fling sure, shit at sure. him, but... Um, sure. The bottom line was we had the show booked, and this is a special we're putting out. It's going through the second round of edits right now. We hired a high-end professional film crew to come up and film it professionally. We hired a sound team. So we had all that in place, and then two weeks before the show, the venue emailed my brother. We don't know who it was. Someone complained or someone took issue. 
uh, went through our guests. We've been doing Jackman Radio for six years. I've had dozens of guests on. I've had Ron Jeremy on. I've had fucking Roger Stone on. You know, uh, just you name it, man. Uh, you, you, through the spectrum, you get it. You get it with your guests. So uh, someone took issue and complained and said, yeah, we have a problem with this Ryan Dawson guy. We went on his website, uh, antineoconreport.com. We saw Confederate flags. We saw him worshiping the Unabomber. Uh, he's a Holocaust denier. You know, X, Y, and Z, the tropes, the tropes and the Are spheres. Are you a Holocaust but- denier? <laughs> no, I am not. <laughs> okay. I don't know. Is Ryan yeah. one? No, well, that see, so that's that's the bullshit uh, brush brush strokes that he's painted with because he's a, a historian and he's a researcher, and he right. talks about shit that is uh, third rail kind of stuff. And I don't I don't know a lot about you know what what he's looked into with World War II history. He has talked about the access perspective of World War II, like why did the Japan bomb? Uh, why did Japan bomb Pearl Harbor? Um, you know the civilian. Well, I don't death- think anybody even really says that that they shouldn't have today. Well, sh- yeah, I mean, sure. Historians I mean, are like, of course they bombed us. They needed oil. Well, like, and we were well, blocking exactly. off their oil supply. We were cutting <laughs> off their energy supply, and it was a military target, of course. And that doesn't mean you're siding with the Japanese when they right. bombed you because they An bombed explanation your explanation is not a justification. Right. So Ryan is is uh, a stickler for all that stuff on all sides of the conflict. And when you talk about some of that shit, you get into hot water. Um, but aside from that. Um, you know, he's from the South. He's big into Southern history and the Confederacy and researching mm-hmm. it and talking about it and educating people on it. And it's a perspective a lot of people uh, just don't know about. They're not familiar with and they just see a flag. They see a Confederate flag and they automatically think hate, uh, racism and all the above. And I would never fly a Confederate flag. I don't believe in the Confederacy. Uh, I don't promote it or anything like that. Ryan is free to do whatever the fuck he wants. He's free to say whatever he wants. Uh, you know, that I don't lose sleep over that. But they saw that and um, took issue with it and banned us from performing there. So we had two weeks to scramble to find a new venue, come up with a new sound crew, and uh, it sucked. People had already bought tickets. But anyways, we so pulled we it off. So we did it at the local synagogue. <laughs> <laughs> right. No, we did it, we did it at a, uh, the ja- a legion, a place called the Jaffrey Legion, which is kind of a rough and tumble, old school kind of. I don't know if you've ever hung out at a legion or a VFW. Much well, I'm a, I'm a Freemason, so I know what those guys are like. Infowars.com. Infowars.com. <laughs> so we pulled it off. 40 people came out to see us. The audience had a great time. We talked about a lot of cool shit, a lot of real shit. And uh, we're in the pro- the team's editing it right now. And we're going to put it out in our YouTube channel on Jackman Radio as a special called Jackman Radio Live from the Legion. So I'll be sure to send you the link, Chase, and I'd love to get your review on it. Oh, yeah. I'll promote that. No problem. <laughs> yeah. I'll yeah, for sure. And um, uh, it's now you and your your brother, you guys are twins, and you guys perform together a lot, or do you guys have your own independent thing that you do? Yeah, so we're twin brothers. I'm two minutes older. I always hold that over him. Um, and yeah, we're going to be 35 this October, and just our whole lives, we've always been performers. We've done Shakespeare, um, stand-up comedy, filming skits, and it really started as kids. We discovered we had this ability to mimic our family members at holiday parties and make fun of them. So that was like our first captive audience. We didn't do impressions of our aunts and uncles, our grandparents. I mean, my, my dad's family and my dad were all originally from Newfoundland, Canada. So my grandfather sounded like a pirate, something between like a drunken Irish sailor and a pirate. And I was fascinated by his accent. So that's kind of one of the first guys I ever impersonated because I grew up hearing my dad, my uncles impersonate him saying, Barry, what the hell is wrong with you, Barry? You're a near to well. And I was just fascinated that a human sounded like that. So yeah. that was like, 
you impersonate your family first, and then at school we would impersonate our favorite teachers. We would get their permission to go up in front of the whole school during talent shows and do their impressions in front of the whole school and all the staff, and it just people loved it and it went over well. So that turned into making fun of politicians, impersonating politicians. Um, so impressions have always been part of our repertoire, and we're both big into politics um, and acting and um, performing. And we've had the Jack and Radio podcast uh, since 2015, and yeah, we do it all together. Oh, years, um, man, that's awesome. Yeah, it's it's been it's been an amazing. How'd you ride. get Roger Stone on? So Roger, send him a fucking email. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Roger Stone. I I, I um, answered one of his classified ads looking for a third, you know, for some for some cuck action for some swinging done in Florida. <laughs> Tattoos, welcome. Yeah, well, you know, he heard that I had a Lyndon Johnson tattoo on my back. He's got Nixon, <laughs> so we figured we figured we'd put the we'd put the two together. Um, no, Roger Stone had a book out, The Clinton's War on Women, leading up to the 2016 election. And I was connected with his publicist, who also represented Jesse Ventura, who I've had on my show a couple times. Um, so it was like basically a layup. I just connected with him on on, uh, on Twitter. This was before he was kicked off Twitter for calling uh, Don Lemon a cocksucker, which was really based. I don't know if you remember that. Does Don Lennon's Lemon suck cock? I mean, I, I think that he's a gay man. Was, so yeah, yeah. So what, I, I think Roger Stone. What's wrong with calling somebody gay for who's gay? Roger, Roger Stone. Like was if there's nothing wrong with being gay, that it's not harassing. Well, they're, turn, they're, turning the frogs, they're turning the frogs. They're turning the frogs gay, Chase. If we're talking but Roger Stone. Stone's you know, rules. Stone's Stone rules. rules. He got got kicked off Twitter for that. Um, but before that, I, I would DM with him on Twitter. You know, I'm the original Goosefer. I'm the original. You with them on, on Twitter. Yeah. Well, we we DM and then DP down DP, in Florida. Yeah, yeah. We go down to the Everglades down in Florida. We get some gators up our ass. We'd uh, you know <laughs> eat, eat some jumbo shrimp down there. We'd stop off in New Orleans with James Carvel, eat some jambalaya. Um, but um, yeah, Stone was an interesting guy. We had him phone in and chatted with him for an hour. And the quote from that interview was, "I have it on good authority that Hillary Clinton has eaten more pussy than Bill." And I, I was that. like, "Oh, well, Ryan Dawson's cousin well, was." You gotta have something in common when you're fucking married ryan dawson's cousin was uh hillary clinton's secret service detail so he got some stories tell me one which blew my mind oh that that there were women coming and going all hours at the white house for crooked yeah it's basically how you could sum things. it up we have some family friends that worked at some resorts or whatever in florida and allegedly there was just sort of women just yeah i mean who cares no one gives you shit how do you, cares how, do you how do you keep that kind of a thing a secret like like you think well, that these hookers and shit would just be like talking about it, like holy hey man, shit, they had they had the job I had this weekend. They had Epstein bottled up, dude, for how long? They 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 can keep shit quiet. They can keep shit yeah. quiet. But um, yeah. So we've been doing Jackman Radio six years. Roger Stone was a cool guest. He phoned in. I had Jesse Ventura call in, and then I actually did an in-person interview in New York City at a place called the Nighthawk Cinema in Brooklyn with Jesse Ventura for an hour. One of the coolest days of my life. Um, I had an hour with him. Could ask him anything I wanted. You know, he doesn't screen any questions. Just a free form chat. Awesome. And then later that day, I went to a David Ike seminar in New York wow. City. So in I one, personally in, think that dude's full of shit, but I would be fascinated to listen to him. Oh, I'm not he's like so anti David Ike. You know. Oh well, you're open minded, man. He's he's yeah, a fast yeah. he's a fascinating guy. And um, what I admire about David Ike is. He's been saying the same shit for 30 years, and he was saying it in the wilderness when people were booing him, 
making fun of him, calling him a nutter. Uh, All right, he, so correct me if I'm wrong, but doesn't he believe that like the fucking spires and churches are like directing the energy during worship straight to the aliens? Yeah, after, shit like there, that. There could be shit all like that with like reptilian. Yeah, he's he's in he's into all the reptilian stuff. Um, you know, he loses me in a lot of that stuff, but where he doesn't sure. lose me, where he's right on, is he was talking about elite pedophilia in the very early oh, 90s. Yeah. Oh, and yeah. Ted Heath, who was Prime Minister of the United Kingdom um, of Great Britain, uh, you know, serial pedophile, probably a child murderer, X, Y, and Z. David Icke had the balls to be a singular lone voice in the wilderness shouting about that, and he was ultimately proven right about it. Among other things, he talked about Jimmy Savile, who's a record-breaking pedophile. Um, so Ike has always had the balls to talk record about. Record-breaking? They put yeah. him in the fucking Guinness Book? Yeah, he's, <laughs> he's beyond the Guinness Book. But uh, no, those were David Ike's words to me. I, I had David, I interviewed him last year, um, but the video got deleted from YouTube. I'd have to find it. It's memory hold. I could find it for you. But he said... what they what they delete it for? Just like like a slander or libel or just like yeah, it's throwing, just, making accusations. Yeah. It's just X, Y, and Z, all the same shit they say about Ryan Dawson. But um, no, you know, David, Icke was an interesting guy to talk to. So, you know, I get this, the feeling about you chase is that you, you talk to people and you, you don't necessarily agree with them on stuff or on everything, but you're open to having a dialogue and having an exchange oh, yeah. and having a conversation. So that's really been the, the point of Jackman radio, why I have the podcast and why I've had on, the various guests that I've had on. It's just a lot of fun and I enjoy doing it and people have really enjoyed listening. Yeah. Well, that's awesome. And, and yeah, like you said, you know, with this show, um, I try to have, it's hard to get diverse people on because a lot of like super leftists don't want to come on because my shit tends to be like stereotypically right wing, but I hang out with like libertarians almost more than anything. And I'm not really a libertarian. I believe like in more government than libertarians, but I'm close yeah. and I'm much closer yeah. to a libertarian than I am probably a Republican, but sure. it, you know, it's, but I, I want to hang out because damn, like libertarians and Republicans work together. It would make a hell of a lot of sense because there's a lot of common road before that forks, you know, like we're, you, there's a, there's a lot of work we could get done together before our disagreements would even matter, you know? Yeah. Well, I think the big picture stuff, most Americans are on board, but what, happens is there's just so much gasoline put on these stupid cultural issues and um, shit that doesn't ultimately matter and, and divides us and distracts us, uh, angers us and, and keeps us, you know, taking our eye off the prize, which is that there are not only our country, but our world is run by gangsters and, and by criminals. And um, they systematically use the laws, the courts, uh, the criminal justice system, the prisons, uh, the media, everything to fuck over the rest of us. There's a set of laws for the super wealthy and the elite, and then there's the rest of us. So if you kind of have that as your launch point and your starting point, you can find common ground with pretty much anybody. Yeah. yeah I think that's a, that's a really good point. I also think that right, you're familiar with the movie, Billy Madison, of course, right? Adam Sandler. It's been years since I've seen it, but um, that it's Veronica, that, and he's, that Veronica Vaughn, is one fine piece, fine of, piece of ass. Believe <laughs> yeah. me, I know yeah, from experience. Sandler's like, no, <laughs> no. Is that the last Chris Farley movie? No, I think uh, almost the, the the Western Adventure one. Um, Ooh, I didn't see that. I but saw, that was it called? Um, I saw the Beverly Hills Ninja. Beverly Hills Ninja with Robin Shu from Mortal Kombat. That was a good one. But um, uh, I'm going to look it up later, right now. That Billy Madison was later, though. For sure. Jamie, one of the Jamie, last. Jamie, can you Google this for us, please? Chris Farley. <laughs> Look that shit up, Jamie. We need our own ja almost heroes. 
Almost Heroes. Oh, it's, I never saw that. Nineteen ninety eight. Aside from an unbilled cameo in the Norm Macdonald vehicle, Dirty Work. Chris Farley's last movie credit is the Western comedy Almost Heroes with Matthew Perry. Oh. And I well, saw it a hundred years ago. I, I it, it probably warrants a rewatch. The reason I brought up Billy Madison is I think that you and your brother should do a version of Parent Trap similar to Billy Madison, where <laughs> where you go, you're like adults and you're forced to go to camp because you never went to camp when you were kids or something. <laughs> and then you realize that you're, you're fucking brothers. Wouldn't that be hysterical? I bet Hollywood would fucking do that with you guys. There's so lot of ideas and original stuff that they might just go for it. They might just go for it. That's funny. I don't but, know, man. You should write it up and send it in. Yeah, send them, send them the uh, the treatment. See what they think. Fuck yeah, yeah. You can basically use the same script. Just get Disney to do it. Yeah, yeah. Everything's boiler point. Get Disney to do it, but uh, also don't be critical of China. Don't uh, don't say anything bad about the Chinese. What if you had the whole thing set in China? That'd be pretty. Like, be pretty. You guys were the you guys were the only white guys at the summer camp. You know. Well, it's not a summer <laughs> camp. It's 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 a Uyghur camp. We have it set outside of a Uyghur camp, and it's a parent trap, but only at a Uyghur camp. And uh, it's also a Nike factory and a Martha Stewart Martha Stewart clothing factory. And you know what else, Chase? It's a factory for my beautiful daughter Ivanka, who, if she wasn't my daughter, we'd probably be dating. It's a factory for her handbags, the new Ivanka Trump Uyghur limited Uyghur series made out of the skin of Uyghur dissidents. Okay, these things retail for five hundred dollars, Chase, and they're the they're the nicest, smoothest bags that you've ever seen. Believe me, they are. They are. Puts the lotion on its skin, bro. Puts the lotion on its skin. Man, I was watching um, uh, the Donald Trump two minute clip. I think I posted it on my Twitter a couple of days ago. Of him just bashing Rosie. It's the funniest shit I've ever seen in my entire. It's everything. Life. It's uh, yeah. it's how I fell in love with him in two thousand six. The uh, crux of it was Rosie made fun of him on The View. She flipped her hair. I think you sent it to me, didn't you? Did you send it to yeah, me? Yeah, I, I, posted I it? sent it to you yeah, just yeah. to kind of give you some background and maybe a little psychology in, into why I am the way I am. Um, what would compel me to actually, as a grown man, dress up like Donald Trump and go out in public like that? You know, it's, yeah. psychologists and shrinks could probably make a lot of money putting me on their couch. But um, yeah, Rosie made fun of him because one of his beauty pageant contestants was like acting up and partying. She was a young girl. So mm-hmm. Trump had like a press conference to say, everybody deserves a second chance. We're going to get her back in there. We're not going to kick her out. She can compete for the crown. Okay. She's a talented young lady. So Rosie like swished her hair and made fun of him. And it was actually really funny. It was a good impression. You know, she did the mouth and mm-hmm. Trump obviously yeah, saw yeah, it. Yeah. So Trump summoned Entertainment Tonight's cameras to his office at Trump Tower and proceeded to go on one of the greatest uh, two-minute takedown tracks like in the history of all time. And it's cut so perfectly, too. Oh, the cutting, the lighting. He's you know he's kind of a sophomore there. He's like a young Auburn Fox. He was about 60 years old. He's like, well, Rosie O'Donnell's disgusting. I mean, you look at her, you take a look. She's a slob. She, she talks like a truck driver. Rosie got mad at me and attacked me because I had to congratulate her on the failure of her magazine. Her magazine called Rosie which was a disaster, and everybody was suing her as a result. And, you know, Barbara Walters is probably paying a very big price for putting her on The View. I mean, if I were Barbara, I'd fire Rosie. I'd look her right in that big, fat, ugly face of hers, and I'd say, Rosie, you're fired. <laughs> but, uh, you know, look, and, you, know, I'll pro- you know, Chase, I'll probably sue Rosie. I think it'd be fun. I'd like Did he to ever end some- up doing it? No, no, no. I'd like to take some money out of those fat-ass pockets. And Rosie is someone who's very lucky to have her girlfriend. And she better be careful. I'll send over one of my friends to come pick up your girlfriend. 
you know, he'll send someone. Why would case. anybody stay with Rosie if they had, if they could be with anybody else? Why would you be with Rosie if you had the choice to be with somebody else? And I'm just like, I'm look, I'm looking at this chase, and I'm like, dude, Donald Trump's a fucking maniac. He's a madman. He's a billionaire, reality TV clown developer, and he's taking time out of his day to have entertainment tonight. Come up to his office. This is how pity, like, like the just pithy this guy is. I fucking love yeah. it. So yeah. I was I was hooked I was hooked on him from then. This was 06, like my freshman year of college. So my brother and I were doing that impression nonstop during the holidays at family holiday parties in the car with our parents. Well, Andy was much less controversial back then. He was pretty much universally loved. Oh, the rappers put wrote songs about him and his money. Mm-hmm. He had cameos in all big movies. Everybody and what look, a comeback every- story too. I mean, he lost his <sighs> ass in the early nineties. Oh, he was he was in the hole uh, personally like a billion dollars, and seventy yeah. banks in the area bailed him out. Said Trump's better alive to us than dead, so they mm-hmm. consolidated the debt and they 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 guaranteed his debt and they bailed his ass out. It's called I'm smart, Chase. It's called being smart. Okay. Well, not he's not wrong when he says that. I mean, yeah, he got lucky, he got bailed out, but not everybody could just pull that off. It's only because he developed this brand for himself that was even plausible. The brand had the it had staying power and had a universal recognition. But um oh yeah, yeah, he was he was just a a funny uh page 6 tabloid clown that uh everyone just got a kick out of and the other elites um long established elites just tolerated him because Terry Black's was, barbecue. Terry Black's barbecue. Infowars.com. Um but yeah, you know the other elites. He 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 was always at the party with the other elites, but he was always there pissing in the pool. You know, he kind of was off script and he didn't behave well, he nice. Was never the drunk ass, that's for sure. I never took a drink. Look, my brother died of alcoholism. Fred Junior. He was a really nice guy. He wasn't a killer like I was, but he died of alcoholism, and it was really sad, Chase. But I never took a drink. I never took a drink. You know, I actually believe him when he says that. Do you think he's just full of shit? There's. Stories of him just sipping on a Michelob all night, like if he was ever going to have something, he would just do that. But yeah, yeah. Trump, Trump does doesn't strike me as a boozer. He's he was addicted to money. Come out. Yeah, he was he was addicted to money, acquisition, pussy, uh, probably Adderall and uh, Big Macs. That's what Trump's Amen. addicted to. And winning, we're gonna oh, win. We're gonna win so that Adderall, bro. Hell yeah, give me all the Addies. We're gonna win so much, Chase, that you're gonna get tired of winning, but not really. Okay. But uh, yeah, he's he's the sensation, and um, it's it's amazing that every day for the rest of her miserable life, Hillary Clinton has to wake up knowing that he denied her the presidency. So yeah, we can always yeah. take solace in that, no matter where you fall. Well, you know, and really, the only person that could have beat him is Joe Biden. I mean, with that amount of energy and just zest and you know, zeal, frankly, it's like it's like yeah, you know, of course it was Joe. Listen here, Chase, President Biden. I'm from a place called Scranton. You ever heard of it? It's a tough neighborhood. It's in the section of Amtrak, Pennsylvania. Okay? Scranton's a tough place. That's where I grew up. So when you think about kitchen table issues, bread and butter issues, your mom wondering if she's going to pay her medical bills or eat dinner that night, that's what I want you to think of. And then Pantene Pro-V. I like all the young girls to wear Pantene Pro-V so I can smell it. But, uh... Yeah, I know it's hor- it's horrifying watching those videos, but um, <laughs> Chase, Chase, are you is that VO five or Pantene Pro V you wearing? God damn, I could sm- hurt. I could smell it. Hurt. I could smell it from here, Chase. God damn it, I'm so proud of my son Hunter. He's the smartest man I know. He's been yeah, sober for true. twenty. He's been sober twenty eight hours. God love him. 
God, he's never been more of an asshole. Yeah, no, he's an art dealer now. But uh, yeah, yeah the Biden good though. The Biden you know. thing, you know, Biden is just a regional warlord from Delaware and a gangster, and he's been in the game over half a century. So they got him in like there, man. He's in, he's, I feel like every town he's in, he says he's from that town. Like, I know he was born in Scranton, but, like, not, he's from Delaware. I don't know. Anytime he goes to a blue-collar town, I'm from this town. God damn it. I was a coal miner here in Juneau, Alaska in the 40s during the gold rush. All right? Dude, he's so old. He's not even a boomer. He's from the silent generation. He's yeah, so dude, he old, would... he could remember when Hitler died. He's like Charlie Chaplin era. <laughs> yeah, he sure he, he is. Jesus Christ. He's almost 80. That guy was born. He's almost yeah. 80. Yeah. yeah, he's almost. I met, I met Biden a bunch of times. I first met him in '06, and he was a hell of a lot sharper than the yeah. uh, potato that he is now. Yeah, but, I, um, I don't think that he used to be stupid. I mean, I, I always hated oh, him and disagreed oh, with him, but Biden. I would never describe him as a dumbass. No, no, no. no. Biden, Biden was a fucking killer, man. That guy was that guy was sharp as a tack and a mm-hmm. uh, murderer, man. I mean, his his family. It, Ryan Dawson has the goods in all the Bidens. He's got the Biden crime family documentary. You know, for example, talks about Biden's brother being in uh, getting contracts to rebuild Iraq after we destroyed him uh, based on a war of lies that Biden did nothing to stop or even put debate forth in the Senate when he was chairman of the uh, voted for it. I think didn't he? Oh, totally voted for it. He helped Bush make it a reality. So, and then his brother gets a nice million dollar contract, millions of dollars to uh, rebuild and be part of the grift. So, yeah, Biden's just another gangster man, and they're trying to paint him as a humble old man who's just going to build back better, bring the country back from the brink of fascism. Well, think about it, man. Like, what what do do, uh, senators and reps, what do they make? Like 175 for the House of Reps and maybe 200 to be a senator or something? Yeah. If you're going to do that job, which is probably one of the shittiest jobs ever, like what you have to go through to consistently get reelected, who you have to deal with, what you have to put your family through. I mean, there are a lot of other jobs you can make that kind of money for that are much less difficult and, and stressful. So in order to make it worth it, I think these people just do all this shitty stuff, like you know, use insider information to make stock bets. They, they do these you know, behind closed doors, you know, cigar room deals where it's like, all right, you know, we'll go to Iraq, but then, you know, my, my brother-in-law gets the contract to rebuild all the schools or whatever. And that's mm-hmm. like, that's the only reason it's worth it is because like no one would ever do that job just for 175 grand and a good conscience. Well, yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, the fact of actually the matter of even doing any work, none of them do any work, man. The most of them are just high plains grifters who get down there at the behest of corporations. They're basically whores, um, and mouthpieces for corporate interests, uh, or Wall Street, insurance companies, big farm, whatever. Take your pick, man, of the the big dogs in town. And politicians, more times than not, are just their little street walking prostitutes. And uh, Jesse Ventura always had a great thing: they should wear NASCAR jackets. Chase, they should have a NASCAR jacket that says Pfizer right here, Halliburton right here, Exxon right here. That's so true. Wall Street right here. <laughs> Beer Stearns, Goldman Sachs, Goldman Ball Sachs. Gold, gold, gold. Golden Ball Sachs on Lindsey Graham's nose, Arab goggles. <laughs> Lindsey, you know, Lindsey Graham, Chase. I, lo- I love me going on them aircraft carriers out in the Gulf because them boys need suntan lotion. In last Senate budget, I appropriated $100 million in suntan lotion so I could personally go on that aircraft carrier and rub it on their buttocks. I love them. I love them boys out there in the desert. It's going to take boots on the ground in Syria, Chase. I wish there was another way, but there isn't. 
Lindsey Graham, and it's it's like his whole fucking neck is just moving while he's talking. You know. Oh, he's like a Charlie McCarthy doll. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I used to be a rooster. Gobble gobble gobble. <laughs> I'm a, I'm a, I'm gonna get to the White House, and my sister gonna serve as first lady. John McCain gonna be my be my wife. He gonna be my first husband. I'm gonna I'm gonna dig up his body and gonna put it up there. He gonna be in the Oval Office with me. He's gonna he's gonna do a good job. Yeah, well, at McCain's funeral, they they gave instead of giving the folded flag to Cindy McCain, they gave it to Lindsey Graham. You know, I didn't know that. Is that true? No, I just made that up. Oh, <laughs> it's believable I mean, it's though. The kind of thing. It's just the kind of thing that would happen, man. Look, I was I was a power bottom for Senator McCain. He was a decent man for so many years. We were just appropriating so much money to kill people and you know, arm terrorists over know, there. I, I never liked. I never liked what Trump said. About McCain, you know the famous like, hey, you know, I don't like, I like people who don't get caught. I thought that was like, a line. I like, but I like that, people who weren't captured. Excuse me. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but at the same time, like, I don't think John McCain was exactly a war hero. I mean, the dude gave away intel under duress. Well, I mean, war hero, man. That's just a matter of perspective. It's a matter of how you view the war machine. It's a, va- a matter of how you view and ask the question: Why was he flying a uh, fighter jet over and? Vietnam and that country dropping bombs on fucking poor people in rice patties. Mm-hmm. So, you know, the other side of that coin, the person who shot his fucking jet down was a hero, you know? Right. And I'm not right. saying one way or the other. I mean, I don't, I don't like war being glorified. I don't like death um, on that scale being glorified. So, you know, maybe we disagree. And I, I got a kick out of it when fucking Trump did all that with Frank Luntz. And it should, I like, excuse me, he's not a war hero. Okay. I like people who weren't captured. And here's Trump friggin' had daddy get a doctor to write a note for him saying he had bone spurs so he didn't have to go serve in Vietnam. Yeah, and he still yeah. won. When that happened, people were like, Trump's done. He just dragged a war hero through the mud. He's It's over. And then like his poll numbers kept going up. It was fucking incredible. Well, that was the thing about Trump that was so amazing is he never branded himself as this like perfect person. So whenever trash came out against him, it was like, yes, yeah, so like everybody, like when the Stormy Daniels, Daniels story came out, everyone's like, of course he did. Like, you know, he didn't brand himself like Romney. If Romney would have had a Stormy Daniels story, that would have been the end of Romney, you know, because he's oh, this perfect Mormon dude. But everybody knows that Trump is just like, you know, a porn star banging, oh, he's, draft dodging, billionaire. like He's the, he's the porn star Big Mac president, man, and the people yeah. ate it up. And yeah. seemingly with each scandal, dude, that would have broke any other campaign. He just got stronger and more powerful and sucked it more oxygen. Twice. Amazing. Oh, it, dude, he's a fucking legend. We're not worthy, man. We are not worthy. <laughs> And and I, I'm you know, yeah, dude. I form. You're a libertarian, though, right? So you probably threw in like a Johnson or a Jorgensen, huh? Um. So 2012. Um. You didn't I run worked. 2012. No, I know. I'm. 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 Oh, okay. I'm, I'm building story. it up. Got it. Excuse, excuse me, it. Chase. If if you would it. stop excuse being me. if you would stop being fake news and listen for a goddamn. You're not second. very good at your job, are you? <laughs> no. Uh, 2012. I worked for Gary Johnson during his Republican primary run here in New Hampshire, and um. Yeah, big big J, big J, Puff Daddy Johnson, and um, he dropped out. You know, it was, it was just abysmal. It was horrible. They, they they didn't put him in the debates. They just fucked what him over. What is Aleppo? What is Aleppo? And then when he dropped out, all of us Gary Johnson guys endorsed Ron Paul. And then I worked on Ron Paul's campaign here in New Hampshire. We we came in second behind Mitt Romney in twenty twelve. Ron Paul, twenty four percent of the vote. Yeah, Ron Ron's the greatest. And the um, Fed, and the Fed man. And the Fed. Great book. Great book. Yep. Good book. Uh, so in 16, um, I voted for Trump in the primary, during the primary. So I was I was a Rand Paul guy during the 2016 primary. And um, 
he sucked. He sucked. I've in- never made fun of your appearance, and believe me, there's plenty of material. You know, look at your hair is pretty ugly there, Rand. There's a lot I could say about it, but I won't. But boy, you're having a tough time, and I gave you a lot of money. Yeah, that was he really cut. He cut Rand down to size. No, um, Rand handled it like a champ, though. He just laughed. He's like, "Hey, you're right." Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, no, so yeah, Rand Paul was my guy. My brother and I endorsed him. We wrote a letter to the editor. We I did some phone banking for him. We had a couple of events here. We went to, but he flamed out. So that leaves us like, well, I was going to vote for John Kasich or Jeb Bush or Marco Rubio or Ted Cruz. I wanted to keep the Trump thing going because in my mind, I'm like, okay, he he. He could last for a while in this primary. Ultimately, he's not going to be the nominee, and Hillary Clinton's going to be the next president. So I figured my, my vote here in New Hampshire, I mean, he was already he was a juggernaut here in New Hampshire during the 16 primary. He just absolutely owned the state. He got over 100,000 votes in the primary. Wow. And um, I'm like, yeah, I have my Trump impression that I do of him, and uh, I'm getting a lot of gigs, and I'm staying busy. So let's let's just keep riding this till the wheels fall off. Right. So. Just, just as kind of a, I was pretty nihilistic at that point. I was disillusioned with the whole thing, so it was just kind of like, "Yep, let's vote for Trump." And then he won, and then he won the nomination, and I was like, "Holy oh, shit, fuck. <laughs> this is off the rails!" But my general election vote for sixteen did go to Gary Johnson. Yeah. What about uh, yeah. twenty? I voted for him in sixteen. Uh, twenty twenty. So obviously, you know, I was a big Tulsi guy. Um, yeah, she's I, so hot. I, she was. I, I can't talk about Tulsi without just immediately remarking how hot she is. And I know that's like inappropriate and unpro- unprofessional, but I don't give a that's fuck. That's so cliche. So cliche, Chase. How <laughs> dare you? Your podcast. She's totally a how fox. How dare you? I don't care how much um, I disagree with her. She's still foxy as hell. <laughs> well, I made I made a funny joke. Um, I was at a candidate thing um, at a library here in New Hampshire, and. Each can each Democratic primary campaign had a representative that would speak for five minutes, make the pitch for their candidate, and then answer any questions. So when I went up there, you know, I had all my Tulsi gear and um, was there to persuade people to support her and just talk about why I was supporting her. And I started I started out with a joke. I'm like, well, you know, we uh, <laughs> we're we're the campaign that. Uh, we're not we're not as good looking as uh, John Delaney, but you know I think we're a close second. That's why we have giant billboards of our candidate here in New Hampshire. <laughs> and I got I got I got some laughs. Or no, maybe I said we're, we're not as good looking as Liz Warren. I think that's what I said. Yeah, Pocahontas. Mm-hmm. Yeah, which who we we call her Grandma Oatmeal. Uh, Jason yeah. Burmis. J- yeah, oh, Jason oh. Burmis came up with that nickname Grandma Oatmeal, which is a great nickname for her. But I said yeah, we we, we don't have the best looking candidate like like Warren. But we're, I think we're a close second. That's why we have our giant billboards. You know, just just some bullshit to c- cut the tension and, like, you guys right. should not take this all so seriously, you know. But, um, no, uh, yeah, people – well, I know politics is image and, and looks are important. But it, it's it's really at the core of who Tulsi is and what she represents, is, which is why I supported her and why I urged people to uh, donate to her campaign and vote for her and support her. Uh, because she was talking about real serious shit, man, that no one else in the race would would even touch. And yep. it, it, she, she could get up in front of a national debate stage with 60 million people watching in prime time. and Smoke everybody. And you know, yes. Covered for it. Eviscerate Kamala. Great with Jocko on Joe Rogan's podcast. Oh, her, she's been on Jocko's podcast too. And yeah, her appearance with him on Rogan was, was awesome. But um, no, Tulsi's a, she's a badass man. She's, she's sharp, man. She knows her stuff. She has foreign policy cred. 
Um, you know, obviously serving in the military, she understands it inside and out, serving in Iraq as a combat veteran. So she just, there's so many things about her that made, made her really legit and someone who I truly looked at who could walk into the Oval Office and, and with integrity, with knowledge and with the credibility, be in charge, be the commander in chief. So right. Um, right. Well, I believe- that's, the thing. that's the thing for me in Tulsi. The reason I liked her is because even though I don't agree with, she is a Democrat, like a gen, like a Democrat in the traditional sense. She's a genuine Democrat, not like a leftist, not a, you know, a progressive, not a communist. Kind of like this, kind of like this guy, JFK. <clears throat> exactly. Whom I named my daughter after Kennedy. And so oh, really, Oh, that's yep. awesome, man. Nice. And, and, um, and, and that's what I liked about her. But the thing is like, I don't, I don't have to agree with everything the Canada I support says. But I do right. have to believe that they actually believe it, right? So, like, when Joe Biden speaks, it's like, I know it's special interest through him, right? Hillary Clinton, same thing. Countless politicians, same thing. But, you know, I think that's one of the reasons that people like Bernie, though. I think Bernie is bought yeah. and paid for. People supported him because they genuinely believe that he wasn't, you know? And he came off – he was basically the, the socialist version of Ron Paul, version of Ron Paul. the same people that vote for Ron Paul vote for Bernie, even though they're opposites. But it's well, this – hey, look, this is this guy that, you know, he actually be- means what he says, you know? And with Tulsi, I respected her for that. No, absolutely, yeah. She she does uh, believe what she says, and, and she walks the walk with it. And we had a really diverse um, selection of people and voters show up to our town halls. She did over 200 events here in New Hampshire over the course of a year. And um, I'd introduced her at quite a few of them. And you would have you know, military veterans, you would have libertarians, um, real progressives, anti-war people, moderate people, and then just, you know, people who liked how poised she was and, and how dignified she was and, and um, her presence. So I think, uh, you know, she's got a bright future. I don't think we've heard the last from her. And um, Brandy Love 2024. Brandy Love 2024. Oh, God. <laughs> yeah, dude. So you go from – I'm honored. You go from having Anthony Schaefer on of the DIA to Brandy Love to Eric Jackman. I mean, I'm, I'm in good company here, I think. Man, I hang out with whoever I think would be fun to hang out with. Like, obviously, I hustle to try to get you know people with a big following on the show because that's how I grow. But sure, it, that's not like that's not a you know a rule to have a hundred thousand people, you know. And so basically, if I think I can have a cool conversation with somebody, I'll have them on. Like I've had one of my best friends on, and he's got two hundred Twitter followers, Andrew Stern, and he's like one of the funniest, smartest guys I've ever met. And it's you know if, if you're not if you're not having good conversations, then what the fuck is the point? Like. The whole reason no, I started I this podcast is so I could hang out with interesting people. You know, it got yeah, lonely this I'm, year. It was it was a rough eighteen months. Um, I agree with you one hundred percent on that. I've had close friends um, on my podcast who some uh, some of them might not even have social media. But so to your mm-hmm. point, let's have a cool conversation and uh, talk about interesting things. Uh, one of my favorite okay. guests is my friend Tony, a guy named Tony Ruschioni. He owns a homestead farm with his wife in Massachusetts. And has his own uh, homestead shop. I actually went there yesterday and bought some stuff. I got to visit for the first time. Mm-hmm. But he's a dude I've known uh, since we were kids, probably 14 or 15. We grew up playing youth hockey together. And, uh, you know, we were teammates. We were buddies. And then we were in college together for a little bit. And then we kind of had a falling out over religion. We got into a stupid Facebook argument. Because he's hyper-religious or because you are? He was hyper-religious and part of a really controlling, closed-off, culty-type church. Mm. And um, I didn't know that about him until I saw it on Facebook. And I was like, holy shit, man, what happened to him? And at this point, I was trying to be an edgy, heels-dug-in, edgelord uh, atheist, like in the mold of Sam Harris, Richard Dawkins. Why are all you libertarians atheists? Uh, <laughs> well, I mean, I, I've, I've been an atheist as long as I can remember. 
but um, so th- this is like I, you know, would just I, I've matured a lot. I've done I've done a 180 on a lot of it. Um, I'm still an atheist. I don't believe in God, but I'm very very much more accommodating now for religious people and respectful. Sure. And I don't argue about religion with people anymore. Um, we're all free to believe what we want to believe or what we don't want to believe. Can I ask you about atheism, or do you not want to talk about it? Oh, dude, I'm totally open to talk about it. So I am. Uh, I consider myself a Christian, but I think probably 99% of Christians would not consider me a Christian. Okay. So, so I'm like a Jordan Peterson Christian. So I don't believe in like any of the supernatural stuff, but I still you like the cultural. The and, you like the cultural I, aspects of the faith. Yeah, I study the Bible, and I, and I think the stories have almost divinely value. inspired like principles and value. Yeah, from like a Jordan Peterson intellectual sense. And I believe in God in like a deist sense, but I'm, I'm not like stuck on Yahweh. You know what I mean? I'm not stuck on sure. like a specific – I just believe in like higher power, you know? And then that's like – that's where I stop. So I, I would never consider myself an atheist, but I'm also not like somebody who like claims to believe – that that they know everything there is to know about God or the nature of God, you know, like I tell people that I believe in God, but you know, all all I know about God is that He exists, or all I believe about God is that He exists or it exists, sure. and that's like where it ends. And so I, I I wonder if like atheists like sometimes sometimes I feel like atheists say that they don't believe in God, and what they really mean is that they just don't believe in Yahweh. Yeah, well, uh, I don't believe. Um, so I have no proof. I, I'm not saying I, I can't say one way or the other. Hundred percent, there is or isn't. But my leaning is towards that that there are there is no thing up in the sky. There's no sky daddy watching us twenty four seven that should be dictating morality and telling us how we ought to live and um, what our existence should should be predicated upon. And sure. you know, I, I view it through the lens of of seeing how incredibly destructive organized religion has been for humanity and has been for the globe. Um, when looking at it through tribal lenses and all the conflicts that have sprung up over it, the continuing conflict with Israel and Palestine. Um, you know, I come from a background of a Boston Irish Catholic family. So um, both my parents had to go to, my dad was in Catholic school for a bit. You know, he got beat up by nuns. Um, That's not my mom, business. <laughs> none your business. Uh, you know, my mom lived in a Catholic orphanage for a year. So, you know, you can imagine man, what that was like for them as young kids. And Boston was the epicenter that of really when the story broke with the Catholic Church spotlight of all the abuse, yeah. the spotlight type stuff. So I very much came up in that tradition being very um, weary of organized religion and what it, how abusive it was to children and, and how we control people's lives. And I'm not into shame. I'm not into fear and guilt and dogma. So mm-hmm. I always kind of had, had that. And, and, you know, my dad kept us away from religion. He's as children, you know, he did, he didn't want us to go to church didn't force us. And he said, when you guys are of a certain age, you can then decide if you want religion, if you want faith, if you want to believe in God, you should decide for yourself. I'm not going to put a label on you and and call you some denomination or Mm -hmm. make you adhere to some kind of dogma. So I'll always appreciate him for that. But um, I'm, I'm far man from the, in my twenties, you know, I would want to argue with people and, be nasty. And I just don't see the point in arguing about it with people anymore. I I think you can be a great person uh, who is religious and you could be a great person who's not religious. And I know people, I agree. I know people in both camps, man. I can, I have some very close friends who are hardcore evangelical Christians. And while we have a lot of disagreements, man, overall, I really like them and respect them as people. And they show me that same respect. 
I'm I'm really worried though about what some of the radical evangelicals what, the harm that they might be doing to sort of the Republican Party or just right wingism as in general because you know like what we saw with Brandy Love last week and I'm not just like making an effort to bring Brandy Love up over and over again but um, you know when you have people who agree with things like freedom low taxes second amendment who want to vote for your candidate and then you kick them out of a conference because you know they live a life that you don't approve of morally it's like all right you know come on like are are we doing more harm than good when we do stuff like this and i understand if you know people don't want a porn star to be like a role model for their kid but i'm telling you right now nobody becomes a porn star because they went to a fucking tpusa conference and a porn star was a vip guest like oh like i think i'll try that like that's that's not how that works you know so i don't know and and like i i got a ton of hate comments for having her on the show and people are like you know if my 15 year old son was there you know and i didn't want him exposed to that and i'm like trust me your 15 year old son is watching porn like you fucking Dude. kidding me like <laughs> how, how old are you chase i'm 30 okay so i'm 35 in october it was hard for us to score porn when we were kids man you had to... yeah it was we had to download it forever it was still well, I'm talking about I'm talking about magazines, bro. Like I'm yeah. I'm OG old school. Like in brothers, school, so. we we would yeah we would steal our dad's porn mags and then trade them. What's your birthday? Uh, I'm October too. I'm 26th. October. Oh, October 10th, 1986. Yeah, but uh, I I don't know about any of that. I don't know about any of that stuff. But um, I don't believe it. But I know. Yeah. I know of, of, well, we they got these phones now, and you can friggin' access donkey shows in Bulgaria if you want, if you're into that sort of thing. Yeah. But, um, yeah. It, it's it's stupid, man. Something that purports to um, extol the virtues of freedom and freedom of association and free to live your authentic life and be who you want to be to then throw her out of a, an event like that is just very hypocritical. And I think immature and silly at the well, end and of the they day, had, they had James Lindsay as a speaker and James Lindsay literally wrote a book about atheism. I mean, he's an atheist. He wrote a book about atheism called everything you know about God, God is wrong. And I like James Lindsay. I follow James Lindsay. He's fucking great. I think he was a good speaker, but it's like, why are you kicking Brandy love out for being immoral? And then you're having an atheist speak. Like, would yeah. you rather have your kid watch porn than become an atheist? If you're, you know, a dogmatic evangelical, <laughs> I'm pretty sure not living in God is way a way quicker path to hell in your mind than you know watching a little porn. <laughs> oh, hey, if you believe in God, God created boobs, and we should enjoy big boobs like Brandy loves yeah, boobs. Yeah. That's how I feel. Oh I, I apply that <laughs> argument to uh, to drugs and marijuana. If if you believe in God, He created drugs and marijuana, so smoke up and enjoy it, right? Yeah, I guess. I don't know. I don't know. I, you know, I have mixed feelings about the whole drug thing. I don't, I don't smoke pot because every time I do, I get really depressed. I don't know what your experience is with that, but I'm like one of those guys that gets, I have like an existential crisis. I and mean, maybe I'm doing too much. But when I was a kid, I used to be able to do it and have a great time. And then I like once sure. I reached a certain age, I started like having anxiety issues when I do it. Yep. Yeah, my twenties, I enjoyed marijuana much more. But now that like the stigma is melting away from it, and it's pretty much widely available and legal, and you can get it in all forms. Uh, I don't enjoy it anymore, and I very rarely will do it. Um, if I'm around friends who have it, and I've had a few pops, and they just hand me a joint or a bowl, I'll take a hit out of it. But other than that, man, I'm, in my 20s, I did it much more. But um, you ever done shrooms? Yeah, um, uh, oh yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. I enjoy mushrooms. Uh, I've done them probably I don't know half a dozen times in my life, and they're all mm-hmm. really good experiences and um, yeah, have helped me, help me deal with uh, trauma. Um, no shit. Have you, have you done them? Twice, yeah. I did Twice. straight psilocybin extract. I got it on the dark web, and um, and um, uh, it is um, it was an amazing experience. I don't feel the need to ever do it again, but I just wanted to understand mm-hmm. what it was like. I was um, 
at the time I was really interested in the John Hopkins study. So it was like an intellectual sure. exercise. It wasn't something I did with friends. So, like I hired a, no, uh, I hired a therapist to come over to my house and sit with me awesome. so I didn't do anything crazy. And like, I did awesome. the whole thing in the middle of the day. You know, Very responsible. Wife, no, I was going to, yeah, yeah. And I, yeah, you, know, you I did a you lot have of research to... and it was cool. Yes, I did too, man. Set and setting. I did a lot of homework before I, I took them and researched them and understand the power of them. And it's not a party drug, man. You're not taking this to fucking party and go on spring break, no. man. It's I mean, very you could, serious. And it would thing. be fun, but it's it's not something to mess with. Sure. Well, I guess to each their own. Whatever they want to right. use it for, you can do as you please. But I'm very much with you on that, that I was looking for something introspective here. I was looking for something deep. I was looking to work on myself. Um, and and the, the trauma I speak of is I lost my father to brain cancer. He died. Uh, oh, it was man, a five-month five right. process. Thanks. So it was sorry. a uh, – yeah, How it was a five – uh, was I 30? I turned 30. Yeah, I was 30 when he died. Um, it's the same, it's the same brain cancer that jo- Joe Biden's son died from Ted Kennedy and John McCain It's called glioblastoma. And, um, yeah, he was diagnosed with it. Um, and they gave him five months and he lived five months. So I had how, done much. How did he notice it? His, um, his vision was starting to get blurry and he was kind of slurring a little bit. We thought maybe at first he'd had a stroke. So we took him on that side of his brain. Well, yeah, just so where it was on his brain, it was kind of causing half of his body to shut down basically and like lose mobility. And then he was kind of tripping and his balance was thrown off. So we're like, yeah, you got to go to the hospital, get this checked out. And they did. And they saw something on his brain. And then we had to bring him Mm -hmm. to a, a Dartmouth Hitchcock here in New Hampshire, which is a bigger, more evolved facility and they ran all the tests and they said, yeah, there's, there's a, it's, it's not good. So it was, uh, you know, it's the most traumatic thing I've ever dealt with in my life. And it's going to be, with you had your brother. Oh my God. If I didn't have my brother and my family, my dad has seven siblings who are all still alive. He was one of eight. So, um, they were all there for it, man. My sister, everyone pulled through in a big way, my friends. But, um, so I took some time after he passed away. I knew that I wanted to do mushrooms again to kind of help me, process his death and just get to a point where you have to live with it every day and accept that he's gone and go about your life and not stop growing as a human being after this life changing event. So, um, I did him, I did him again, uh, you know, with a couple of close people and it was, it was a great experience, man. I released, I released a lot of the sadness and the despair over it. And, um, you know, I lived on the base of a beautiful mountain here in New Hampshire, world famous mountain called Mount Monadnock. And it was just a glorious uh, summer day. And the three of us sat out in the field all day, ate a bunch of mushrooms, listened to tunes and just uh, laughed and there were tears. And uh, it, was, it, it was a beautiful experience. So I personally, you know, recommend it if, if you're going to be responsible about it. And right, talk do to your doctor, talk to your doctor, talk to your doctor. It's not FDA approved. Do, do uh, homework and research into it before you do it. And, and having a guide, Chase, I think that's that's a great yeah, idea. Yeah, don't do it alone, especially bringing, the first time. Bringing in someone who's an expert who can help you on your journey is a fantastic idea in a safe environment where there's not other people around. I can't do it with a bunch of people around. I only can do it with like – Especially strangers. You'll freak oh, out. God, no. I need to be in control of who's coming and who's going. Um, but yeah, if for me personally, it was worth it. And I'll probably do them again at some point. But um, – they, they definitely helped, man, and um, the side effects, I think the benefits outweigh any kind of side effects. 
Yeah, I mean, it's not something to be done like every weekend, but you oh, know, God, every no. No. several years or something, or when oh, something you're, big happens. You're sense. so tired, man, and and just mm-hmm. sucked of all your energy and everything the next day. I mean, one time I did them, the side effect was my stomach hurt from laughing, just laughing for seven yeah. hours, laughing to the point of tears at how absurd the whole our whole deal was and how small we are and the whole scope of it. So, yeah, you, you go through all the range of emotions, but uh, so when I did starting- them. I was sitting in my apartment and I was looking at the wall and of course looking at like a blank wall can be actually pretty entertaining when you're on shrooms because you're hallucinating and seeing patterns and shit. And I saw this, like, it was almost like, um, like, like watercolor or ink, you know, just like this drawing being drawn on my wall. It took maybe, I don't know what felt like five minutes for it to be drawn. I'm just watching it being drawn. And at the end I'm like, what the fuck is that? And the next day when I'm not on shrooms, I, started like googling trying to figure out if it was like something that existed the drawing i saw and it was the zoroastrian symbol for spirit guide which i had never seen oh wow interesting so i don't know like if i like had seen it before and it was in my subconscious it was subconsciously buried right or if or if it was my spirit guide just like fucking with me you know i'm not superstitious so i'm like really reluctant to say like you know i had this spiritual experience where i touched the other side but at the same time (laughs) you know it's like you know it was really cool experience to have that happen it definitely threw me for a loop well i think next time i'll do them i'll I'll try to have a easel board or something and i'll paint brandy loves boobs or something i think that would be (laughs) they would just come out man no matter how hard you try i don't think you could get that perfect no <laughs> she's talented she's great man she's such a sweet lady too i feel really bad like for what happened to her and you know people are trying to say that she was exploiting that conference just for personal gain it's like she's worth like 10 million dollars she's ranked 10 on Pornhub. like she wasn't there to get a couple of evangelical teenagers to be into her porn she was there because she's a fucking republican and she wanted to hear the speakers and it's just a shame yeah and she's an american citizen who should be free to do as she pleases yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, no, that that's cool, man. And um, the stigma is is evaporating around psychedelics and shrooms as well, because they're doing studies with veterans who have PTSD from war. Yes, you know, and smokers yeah. even. Yes, Just quitting smoking, smoking, quitting booze, all that kind of stuff. So, I'm very encouraged by some decrim measures that have happened. I believe it was out in Colorado where they decriminalized mushrooms in Denver. If I'm wrong, I think you're right. Might have been statewide. And could it be statewide? Yeah, I'd have to look more into that. But um, I think that's a step in the right direction. And I believe just like any substance you decide to put in your body, research it, understand it, learn about it, and just be responsible with it. Right. Right. Exactly. Well, where can people find you, man? Yeah. So uh, my podcast is on Spotify, um, Podbean, iTunes, and Apple. It's just Jackman Radio, two words. Jackman, like Hugh Jackman, Wolverine, and then Radio. Um, and then I'm on Twitter um, at Jackman Radio. I've got two accounts on Instagram. One's my personal account, Senator Jackman. Come say hi to me. I'm on there all day. And then uh, Jackman Radio is a, an account on there. And then we have a YouTube channel um, that is up and running and fine, and we're working towards getting that monetized. We have the, uh, we have the following uh, subscribers. We have that, and we have the hours streamed. So we're just waiting for them to approve it. It kind of takes – Oh, congratulations. That's yeah. a few days. Take, it can take a while. Yeah. yeah. So, you know, we're working on building that up. Um, we've been working on it. And, um, yeah, I'm on there. And I have a Patreon account if people like what we do and want to support us. We just ask people for five bucks a month. And, uh, you know, the money for that is used to, like, put on that special that we did, hiring a film crew, hiring a sound crew. Mm-hmm. And we have a studio up here um, 
our producer built a recording studio in his basement at his house, really, really beautiful sound studio. And we want to fly guests out, you know, if possible, start doing that. So any support uh, we could get from people, we appreciate it. And uh, yeah, we're on all the socials. Well, that's awesome, man. Thank you so much for coming on the show. I appreciate it. And you're always welcome here. And let's definitely stay in touch. Okay, man. Yeah, absolutely, Chase. I appreciate you having me 